And God will push you to do things that are hard, but there's always a reason behind them. And they will always lead to greater things. But you won't be able to experience that if you don't say yes. I don't think I did enough to reach out and find opportunities to share that, so. Well, we have done it again. Is that the right grammar for that? Done we did it. Again. We did it again. We did it. It is twelve twenty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, what did you say earlier? When did you want us to be finished by? The plan was to be finished with recording by twelve. That did not work out, did it? I guess not, but it's okay. Because we are back with another episode of the King of Hearts podcast. I spent my valuable time watching the end of the Bears-Vikings game. Solid score of uh, 12 to 10, so just a a nail-biter, nail-biter. I feel like a soccer game could get more than that. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe Maybe like a kid's soccer game. (laughs) But yeah, even soccer doesn't score that much, but... Yeah, boring game, man. I'm, I'm a Justin Fields believer. I know this doesn't mean much to you, but I'm a Justin Fields believer, and he keeps letting me down, so I'm kind of disappointed. However, one big dub from this last week, Memphis went 2-1 and one in the Battle for Atlantis tournament, beat Michigan and Arkansas, you know, across the river rivalry there, and then uh, we got smoked by Villanova, but you know, it was a solid week, so it was a solid week last week. That's cute. It is cute. Mm-hmm. I love the Memphis Tigers. Do you think Memphis will ever be good at um I mean not good, sorry. They're they're good. They're good. I love Memphis. But <laughs> do you think they're ever gonna um what's like the best thing they could possibly win? Really? Yeah, I'm not I'm the not best thing. I don't know much about sports. I don't know what to I say. would go the national championship in college basketball. You know, the city of Memphis has been waiting for it. We thought we were gonna get it in no eight, except Mario Chalmers hit a Three-point shot in the last second to uh, really break the hearts of all the Memphians, and since then we've been struggling. So we we got some high hopes for the season for sure. But let's circle back a little bit. We're going a little bit off track, although I would love to talk Memphis basketball all day. Yeah, you would. That's for another podcast that does not exist anymore. But for you, Chris, how was your Thanksgiving week last week? It was good. I got to go home and visit my family and my friends. And, I mean, it was only, we only got to be home for, like, four days. So that's pretty much all I did. What was, like, your your highlight? You know what I mean? Like, the best thing of the week. Sorry for that voice crack, bro. It's late. (laughs) It's kind of embarrassing. It was. It was. My face is getting really red, so. The highlight of my week was probably seeing my nieces. Oh, and then also seeing seeing the guys, seeing our old friends. That mm-hmm. was fun. Old friends. Our our friends from back home. Our friends. They are our <laughs> friends, but just seeing our you know what you That's know what sad. I mean. That's sad. Who are you most excited to see from the friend group? <laughs> I feel like this is a trick question. It's not. I mean it's either <laughs> I mean, it's either a Safe or Jack. Probably a Safe. It's definitely a Safe. A Safe. What a guy. I missed a Safe. Sorry, Jack. I love you. But. What a guy. <laughs> man. I miss my brother, man. I miss Casey. You know, I thought he'd be some some grown up when I got back. You know, he's a junior. So I thought he'd be a lot taller. thought he'd be a lot more mature. And uh, we're sitting down watching some basketball when I get home. 
And within just a couple minutes, uh, as he's watching, his head is on the couch and his feet are on the ceiling. And I was like, this is the brother that I left home. <laughs> Sorry to embarrass you, Casey, but, you know, brothers brothers expose each other, especially older brothers. That's our job, you know. We got to make fun of the little ones. But, you know, it was, a, it was a solid, solid Thanksgiving week for sure. But I definitely miss my brother the most. So I wish you would have gotten a picture of that. I should have. I should have taken a selfie, but, you know, I was trying to disconnect, you know, hang out with the fam without any distractions, so. I think I'm going to go back in and, like, um, add in pictures of all the people we just talked about. You should. You know, just to show people. And we should these. do the most embarrassing photos of them that we have. That's a great idea. We're going to do that. So if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, go to the YouTube version. Actually, you can see the video version on Spotify, but go to the YouTube version and check that out. So we're definitely yeah. going to add those in there. So what are we talking about today? Man, um, of course, it's something that we're struggling with, obviously. Um, but this week, we're talking about being uncomfortable. Um, this is something that I personally am not a fan of. Um, I don't like being uncomfortable. I love being comfortable. I have a very low pain tolerance. So anything from pain to just doing hard things is very difficult for me. Um, but I've realized that there's a lot of value in that. Um, so yeah, that's why we're talking about it this week. It's definitely a tough thing to open up about. It's a tough thing to be honest with, uh, but definitely on the other side of doing things that are uncomfortable, there's a lot of a lot of positives. Does anyone actually like being uncomfortable? Maybe some people do. I mean, you've got your gym rats, right? I mean, no one really loves, I mean, runners too. No one really loves at the core running. It, it stinks, right? But you do it for for discipline, right? I mean, one of our you know, best friends is a runner, right? He's a, he runs cross country and he runs track D1 and he hates it, but he does it because he, you know, inside he loves the grind. So I guess in a way you can love being uncomfortable, but still there's still an element that's really tough about it. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess runners, I can't speak for runners, but as a former fellow gym rat, I think I loved the gym. I don't think it, I like, when you say uncomfortable, I'm assuming you're talking about physically, but like, you know, mentally, I was very comfortable at the gym. Mm -hmm. Like that's where I would go whenever I was like upset. Honestly, that's what gotcha. that was my safe place. Huh. So I would say it wasn't uncomfortable at all. So you're saying all people crave to be comfortable inside, in a way. I think so. Yeah. I think maybe runners find comfort in competition. Mm. It's good, man. It's so. good, man. I like it. Yeah, I definitely agree. So for you, we'll start it out here. And we'll, we'll even start like recent, like not even way back in our past. Let's just go to last week, right? We've been down here for two months now, almost three. Um, and last week we went back home for the first time. You know, we're 14 hours away on a good drive, right? So what about last week was maybe challenging, right? Maybe a little bit uncomfortable. The most uncomfortable part of last week visiting home that's tough it is i think we both got our waves of it at different times for sure i don't know if i felt i think i don't know man i don't know if i felt uncomfortable well i know we had conversations of like you struggling with not wanting to come back those kind of things. So even even like thinking about Orlando, like going back made you feel uncomfortable about leaving again. Kind I of gotcha. like that. Yeah. I guess being home reminded me how much less stress it was just like living 
living with my parents and, you know, just having all my friends just kind of there, you know, moving down here, um, just having to make new friends and adjust to living with only you, you know, it's a, it's a lot of stuff to happen all at one time. So I think going back home just made me realize how stressed out I actually have been for the last two months. Hmm. Wow. So you just got a lot of time to just chill and reflect? Yeah, I guess so. But really, for a minute, it really made me like reconsider um, being down here. So, hmm. yeah. What was that rooted in, you know, like not wanting to, in a way, come back? Like, what was that? Where did those thoughts really come from? It's probably, probably stress, um, stress. And then also just like, um, the feeling of being really like truly like loved by people. Mm. Um, I guess I haven't really felt that as much here as I have from our friends back home. Um, so I guess that's kind of just what I'm missing out on. I feel like I'm still just kind of, I feel like I'm just like present and everything, but I'm not really wanted. Mm. If that makes sense. So Wow. Yeah, I hear you. That's deep, man. That's deep. Um, let's see, for me, um, a little bit different than you, um, just in different ways. Um, but I think I was, I was very uncomfortable the first two days back home and it was it wasn't like a, oh I feel weird like I or it was I felt weird but it wasn't like I shouldn't be here kind of thing it was just like man I've been at this place for so long with the beautiful palm trees and the gorgeous weather and then right when I get back it's like hit with the cold front and it's a lot more gray than it is here so a weather is a big thing to me so like that that, that immediately just kind of threw me off a little bit um, and then being back, it was, it was weird because I felt a little bit out of place because I had, you know, basically hit pause on my Memphis life or whatever and went to Orlando. Um, so that was a little bit difficult. Um, definitely weird feelings, feeling out of place because when I left, I was really putting my stake in the ground and I was saying this, this life that I lived, um, that really was half-hearted in a lot of ways, this is gone, this is done. And I remember the first night I slept in my old room where for years, man, I struggled with a lot of things that I didn't tell anybody about. And I, I really do think that when you invite evil into a room, it lingers there. And when I slept in that room, I was hit with old just promptings from the devil to do things in that room that I had done. And that just like freaked me out. Because here I've been able to say, no, like I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I'm not saying yes to any of this. And this room is yours, Lord. And I hadn't done that with my old room. So when I slept in there, I was hit by all these old feelings. And now I'm able to respond in a way that's like, you know, I'm, I'm done with this stuff. Devil, you're not allowed in this room. But it was different because I was in that place again. And that was just really weird for me. And I think, honestly, I think just something as simple as sleeping in that room was really hard. Um, so yeah, there was that and then just... You know, that uneasy feeling of just feeling weird and out of place didn't really leave until um, I had a really good time with my family on Thanksgiving and then also Friday night with the guys. We had a blast. We were there for six or seven hours. We planned on being there for three hours, but that that alone was just, you know, very uncomfortable leading up to that point. But then obviously being with people that you had grown up with definitely helped. So, 
I definitely felt like the same thing that you felt just being back in my old room. But um, I wouldn't say that made me uncomfortable because I was so used to that. And mm. maybe maybe not much has changed since I left. So maybe that's another problem too. Yeah. But Wow. That's vulnerable, man. That's vulnerable. But yeah, mm. so. Yeah, and as I said, like, when you leave all that stuff behind, Memphis for a place, and I mean, Memphis while I'm here, how I've been here has been a place of, yes, that's my home. And also coupled with that is the fact that, you know, that's where I kind of left my half-hearted, lukewarm lifestyle a little bit. And now I'm all in for Jesus, you know? So going back there, it was like, you know, at first it was definitely weird because that's where I'd left all that behind, so. Did you feel any shame? Yeah, a little bit. Um, we talked about this a little bit afterwards, but uh, after we got back, but you know, there's those feelings of, man, I wish I could have done more. I wish I would have done more. And being in that old place where I knew I, you know, I wish I could have done more. It's, it definitely brings a level of shame that is, it's hard to let go of because it's in the past and you can't do anything about it, but that's where you have to let God's grace cover all that. Um, so yeah, that was definitely hard for me for sure. What about you? Yeah, um, I think I felt shame. Uh, I definitely felt shame. And I guess it was just kind of kind of the same thing as you. I just, I didn't, I didn't put my all in. And I don't want to say that I'm doing that now because I'm definitely not. But I do think that I'm at least trying to make more of an impact on other people instead of just focusing on myself. So I think that has changed since I moved down here. So that's probably what I felt the most shame about, mm. um, especially in the place that I was in, um, just being someone that was new to the faith um, and just friends with a lot of people at our old high school. I think I could have made, um, had more of an impact with my story and stuff like that, but I don't think I did enough to reach out and find opportunities to share that. So, yeah. Yeah. I got you. We can, I mean, as Christians, we can all look back on those moments and feel a level of shame, you know, cause there's something we could have done, you know, when, when God prompts us to share the gospel with somebody and we say, no, I mean, who knows if that's the last time they'll ever have a chance to hear that, you know? So of course those, it's going to bring back shame, but also, like I said, we got to allow the Lord to move in and, and fill that with grace so that we can look back on our past and not have all this shame and bitterness anymore. And there sometimes might be a level of sadness when you look back on your past, but you've got to allow the Lord to move in through time. Um, yeah. And just let him take over there. Um, so for you moving more towards, this is good things that have come from being uncomfortable. What's maybe a moment in your life where you felt God call you to move out of your comfort zone. And you've seen that pay off in the end where God has used you or God has done a work in somebody else just kind of to give us that moment. I think one of the, one of my favorite moments was recently, like, or not recently, but shortly after um, I got saved, sharing my testimony for the first time. I think that was really cool. Um, that was in a student ministry or was that, was it student ministry? It was, it okay. was, uh, I think it was early January or February. Yeah. So I think that was um, kind of the first time I saw that I could make some sort of impact, I guess, with um, my story and just stepping out of my comfort zone. Because I don't like public speaking, like, at all. I really don't. Mm -hmm. Like, getting up in front of pe people and talking is terrifying to me. 
So, um, where you that, killed it, by the way. And not only that, you did it at exit 15 in a minion outfit. So like, that oh, was pretty yep. crazy. I did it again um, in front of our <laughs> student ministry. How many people was that? Probably like 250, 300 maybe. Yeah. And I was dressed as a minion. So for <laughs> those of you who don't know what exit 15 is. So, yeah, I, I think that's probably the earliest memory I have of God calling me to step out of my comfort zone and me being obedient to it. And from doing that, I had people like telling tell me afterwards that they were inspired and stuff like that. So that's where I kind of saw the the fruits of that, I guess. Wow. Wow. That is awesome. Did that like fill you with joy or peace or happiness? Did that like inspire yeah. you to do more? Um, it definitely filled me with joy. Um, I don't know if it inspired me to do more because I didn't, but mm. maybe it did. I don't really know. Maybe in the moment it did. Yeah. Gotcha. Let's see. For me, an uncomfortable moment um, that I've had to step into, I think one of the first ones I think about was summer of my junior year. I was signed up to lead as a camp counselor for middle school camp. And um, this was a new moment for me. I'd never really been a camp counselor before. I've done VBSs growing up and things like that. Um, but I've never like had to sit down with guys for a week and talk about our struggles and things like that. Um, so I was put into this this group. Um, I was the actually pretty much the only leader because the other guy that was with me, he was on staff. Um, so he was always having to do stuff um, for the camp while we were doing small groups. So I had the guys mostly to myself. And this is something that I had never experienced before. It was very uncomfortable to me, especially when the guys were only three years younger than me and one of them was four years younger than me. Um, so part of you feels like, how can I lead these guys? They're my age. You know, of course, we're going through the same struggles and I'm only a couple years young, older than them, but like, are they going to listen to me kind of thing? So all these anxieties and worries are coming in before I even start. Um, and are they going to like me? Things like that. Um, and throughout the week, I felt the Lord press on my heart and the Holy Spirit press on my heart, ask the tough questions, challenge them. These guys are ready for this stuff. Um, so I, I did, even though it was uncomfortable and, and challenging, I felt the Lord take me or told me to take that step in leadership. And I did that. And these guys responded so well. They were so open. They were extremely, you know, ready to give all these things up to the Lord and put all these things out on the table. And our trust and our community and our family, family and brotherhood grew throughout that week to a point where I felt like I knew almost every single thing about these guys before we left that week. And these are eighth graders. And I just, that was a moment where I truly experienced okay, if God wants me to lead out in this way, if, he want, if he's pushing me to be uncomfortable, there is a reason behind it. And I cannot, I cannot be disobedient in that moment because I don't know what could come on the other side of that. And this is a moment where I chose to be obedient. And when we went back for Thanksgiving, I got to go play basketball with three of the guys, or no, two of the guys that were in that group and one other guy that I was able to disciple last year. And these guys were in my discipleship group. They have been. They're some of my closest friends. Right, so these guys, if I would not have said, okay, Lord, I know you're pushing me to be uncomfortable and I'm gonna say yes in this moment, then I don't know if I would have been able to experience this, at least to the level that I have. And God will push you to do things that are hard, but there's always a reason behind them and they will always lead to greater things. But you won't be able to experience that if you don't say yes, if you don't be obedient. So that's just one of the things in my life that I've been extremely blessed by is, you know, when you're a leader and you've been you've pressed to do those things, Yes, you're going to have students. You're going to have stewards of, of God's word. You're going to have younger people that are in your life, but also you're going to have friends. And, and that's one thing that I 
you know, I thankfully and I'm blessed to have gained from that. That's really good. Uh, I think another thing that I I kind of stepped out of my comfort zone. Um, I don't like approaching people, like just random people and talking to them. Um, but I decided to randomly do this um, one day, like a couple months ago in class. And I, I literally just talked to this one kid and gave him my Instagram. And that was it. I was like, hey, if you ever need equipment, let me know. And then little did I know, a month later, he would send me a DM and say that he listened to our podcast <laughs> and he wants to grow closer to God and he wasn't a Christian. And then a couple weeks go by and then he comes to church and then he gets saved, which is awesome. So... And by the way, if you're listening to this, what's up, bro? Jerry. <laughs> oh, we call him names. We got to show that picture of him, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. So it's just little things like that. It doesn't even have to be talking in front of a bunch of people or spending, like, making a big commitment. It could literally just be something like, go talk to this person this one time mm-hmm. and see what I can do through that. So Wow. That's a great testimony. What um, What encouragement would you have for people that, feel pressed to do kind of what you did, even though it seems small in the moment, but they're very, very uncomfortable with that. They have high anxiety. They struggle with walking up to people. Why would you say they need to do this? Well, I struggle with the same thing. So I would say you need to do it because it's not about how worried you are. It's about what could happen because you're being obedient. So I, I think that sometimes you just need to Push the, mo- push the emotions away, especially if you know that they're not from God. Just just say, nope, I, I'm going to be obedient today, and just go do it. And I, I would say don't even think about it too much. Like, if you feel something, just go and do it. You know, if you think about it, you're going to stress yourself out. Wow. Wow, dude. That's good stuff. That's really good. That's powerful. Mm. So what about maybe another situation where it's not just a, you know, like, here's my number, maybe here's some money. What about a situation where you're, we've we've been through this a little bit, where you have intentional times to go out and share the gospel? And I, if you don't do this, we've just started doing this recently with our group, um, our college group, our college ministry. Um, but if you don't have this, I would highly encourage it. But what about a situation like that, where maybe you're not as knowledgeable, maybe you're a little bit fearful, maybe you haven't been a Christian for a long time. These are things that you went through when we went and did this, and it's your opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. What advice would you give? What encouragement would you give for that person to take that step of faith? Because I know that's something we struggle with all the time, just to walk up to people and initiate godly conversations. So is your question how to get over the stress from that? Yeah, like how do you do that even though there's so much fear involved from the devil? I mean, I don't really think that changes anything. Mm. Um, wow. I think it's the same thing. If you know it's, if you know all the fear and everything is coming from the devil, then just push it off. Like you, you can defeat that. Like it's clear, like we can, we can overcome all of that. It's just, do you really want to? Do you really want to be obedient? That, that's that's the question. If you're not willing to actually be obedient, then you're not going to be able to do it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And also, if you're not going into something prepared, if you're not trying to prepare for those opportunities, if you're not practicing to sharing the gospel or something like that, then then I don't think you want it either. 
You know, you'd have to, if you're not making effort to get better at something, you don't really want to accomplish it. Right. Right. You will make time for the things that you want. I'm convinced of that. I really am. When I, when I want to call somebody and they keep saying, Hey, let's, let's meet up, bro. Let's do this. Let's get lunch. Let's get dinner. Let's call. And then I reach out every day and they don't do it. I'm like, dang, like, you know, do they really want it? Um, good thing, you know, people do call back eventually, but it's, it's just one of those things you make time for the things you love. Um, and also one thing that I was inspired by with your story, um, and sharing the gospel and things like that is you went into it very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. And you were scared. You were fearful. You were like, I don't want to do this. This is awful. But tell me if I'm wrong. After like the first person that we ended up talking to, you were like, this is great. <laughs> this is great. I don't know why I was fearful. I don't know why I was nervous or anxious. Like, why am I not doing this every day? So a lot of times when it comes to things that are uncomfortable, things that are hard, things that are tough, if you just make the decision to do it and you take that first step of obedience, you will be shocked at how much peace you have right after you do the action that you're supposed to do. And that is what is so inspiring to me when I feel something that's I'm called to do that's very uncomfortable, end up saying, Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I make it up in my mind, and then I take that first step. All the fear is gone because I realize that God had a plan, even in the little moments, and I don't even realize what's coming up next. Was there a question in that? There was not. Oh, <laughs> that was just okay. a statement. Like <laughs> I, just, I just was so, I guess, just fascinated by your story with that and how quick that was, how quick the fear was gone when you just took the first step. Mm-hmm. I do want to say, though, if you're, like, not, if you don't feel like you're supposed to do something, don't force yourself to do it. That's another thing. Okay. I, I don't know what your take on that is, but, like, if you're, if you just, if you feel uneasy about something, I think that's, I think that's a little different than feeling fearful or nervous. Like, it's kind of like you just, there's, I, how do, how do I say this? I know where, I make it I sense? Get where you're going. Yeah, you are. How how would you say people can discern whether they're supposed to be doing something or not? Mm. Because I don't think anyone should force themselves to go out and share the gospel if that's not what they're supposed to be doing, in mm. my opinion. Yeah. I, I think there's let me let me let me take that back. I don't think anyone should force themselves to go like we did to a park and walk up to random people and talk to them about God. But I do think that everyone should find opportunities to do that within whatever community that they're in, like work, school, stuff like that. So are you saying if people feel uneasy about that or uneasy about anything, it may be a sign that they aren't supposed to do it? So you're saying there's a level of uneasiness that is not sinful, it's not fear and things like that? I think so. Okay. I I think that we have discernment when it comes to situations that we're not supposed to be in. And I I don't know how that works when it comes to things like that, where there's clearly like nothing wrong. I don't know. I don't really know. Yeah. I was in a situation like this about my mom. Um, this is like maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago in our church, Bellevue Baptist church. We did this thing where we went out and shared the gospel with people and gave them little baggies with, you know, a gospel track and popcorn and things like that. And my mom, she is one of the most strong believers that I know, one of the most wise people that I know. And she is scared to do that. She always has been. You know, that's something that she just doesn't want to do. Um, And that's where I first started to realize what you're talking about. Because at first I was like, you know, if this is what we're called to do, then we've got to do it. 
you know, why would someone be fearful and scared? I mean, this is God's will. You know, this is God's will for people to know him and to make him known. So why is she not able to do this? But I realized as I got to know that side of her a little bit more, the spiritual aspect, I understood that some people are gifted with the ability to teach, gifted with the ability to disciple, gifted with the ability to share the gospel in a way that others are not. Now, that doesn't excuse my mom from sharing the gospel in whatever the Lord places her in, which is why I thought it was fascinating and so cool that when we went out and did that event for church, my mom came because she knew that she could not allow fear to keep her home. But also in that moment, she took more of the standpoint of watching and observing, and if she ever felt led to chime in, she did that. So that's just an example in my own life that I've seen someone be uneasy about that. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, because some people are gifted with things that other people aren't. And there's going to be a level of uneasiness when you're not called to do a specific task because you're not supposed to do it, like you said. Um, but instead, she said, no, fear is not going to have a hold on me. I'm going to do God's will and um, in the best way I know how, even though that may not look like what someone else is doing. A lot of times we can compare ourselves to others and say, if I'm not doing what this guy's doing, if I'm not doing what this girl's doing, then I'm not doing God's will. If I'm not preaching, if I'm not serving like they are, when in reality, God calls us all to a different task inside the body. We all have something different. And we talked. they talked about this at First Baptist Orlando a couple weeks ago. If someone's not doing their duty in the body of Christ, then that certain body, that certain church will not have that certain part of the body working. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. It's like if you need a hand, but someone's not willing to be a hand because they're not an ear, then that certain church won't have the hand that it needs. So we have to do our duty, even if it, even if we have to get over our fear, but also don't let comparison drive you to not do God's will. Okay, so did you kind of say that the uneasiness like doesn't matter? The uneasiness, in a way, is from God, and a lot of time it's because you're not gifted at something else, at something that someone else is gifted in. So that uneasiness comes in when you, you know, okay. when when someone else is supposed to do that task. That's kind of what I'm saying. I'm not an expert on that at all. Yeah, but that's like just kind of what I've been. That through. brings up the question, like, you know, if you're not called to be a pastor, but you get the opportunity to be a pastor, you definitely shouldn't go and be a pastor. I don't think. Hmm. So that's that's kind of where hmm. that's kind of the wow. viewpoint that I'm having right now is, if you're not called to go out and evangelize like that, should you do it? Well, also. Just because you're not a pastor doesn't mean you can't teach, right? There are moments to, like if you're a parent and you're not called to be a pastor, you're called to work in the workforce. But there are moments every day you have to teach your kids. So just because you're not a pastor doesn't mean you can't teach. Just because you're not gifted with the ability to evangelize like other people can, doesn't mean that you can't post those things on social media. That's doesn't, exactly my point. Exactly. That's yes. exactly I'm glad my we're connecting. point. Yes. So that's what I'm saying when it comes to situations like that, where it's like a planned event, we're going to go out and share the gospel. That brings up my question. Should that be something that someone that isn't gifted with that ability, should they go out and do that? Or should they stay within their lane and then do that within their own communities? I believe if you are allowing fear to keep you from doing something, then it is wrong. And it's Satan trying to keep you from doing something that God would, God would have ultimate glory in. So if, if, any, if there's any fear involved in that, then you need to go and you need to push that fear aside and say, I'm not going to let the devil win that battle. However, if you feel like this is not my arena, this is not something I need to do, which I don't know if I've experienced many moments where that's something you shouldn't do. Um, but if it does come, 
in that specific moment, then yeah, you should stay home and do something better with your time, you know, and, and share the gospel in the way that you feel led to. So, gotcha. Hmm. I, if that makes sense. But I think we're all called to evangelize to a certain degree. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. You know, like you're not going to go and if you're not called to be a missionary, you're not going to go to Africa and minister to those people. You know, you're called to serve where you are. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely would not do that. <laughs> not that Africa is the only place you could be a missionary. It's just like a common no, place. No, I, I definitely would not go there if I was. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to stay <laughs> here. Here's a, here's a fun question to lighten the mood a little bit. If you could be a missionary in one place, what would it be besides America? One place. Say America. One place. Um, Not home. You can't be comfortable. <laughs> Man. Uh, not America. Mm -hmm. Can it be somewhere expensive? Like Yeah, dude. Anywhere. <laughs> uh, maybe. Is Italy a country? <laughs> is Italy a country or like a city? I don't remember. <laughs> Italy's a country. Okay, Italy. Because I've never been to Italy, so that would be fun. <laughs> you didn't I'd, even know it was a country. Wait, do they speak English at all there? I don't know. I don't know. I'm assuming they, they have good pizza. Do they speak French or Italian? Wait. I don't know. Is Italian an accent or language? <laughs> I don't I even know. I have no idea. <laughs> but I don't know. I might need another spiritual gift if I had to go there. <laughs> oh man that's funny sorry to throw that question on you I, I keep doing that you know week after week i ask you a really tough question and i make you think about it and i just stare at you in the face mm. so i'm very sorry but where would you go good question i keep thinking like like hawaii or like the bahamas but in the bahamas in america too isn't that like a little i know hawaii is i don't know bahamas i don't know either but I think, it's beautiful. I think the Bahamas is not. Okay. But it could be. Yeah. I've seen like funny like meme videos where people like talk about being. Is the Bahamas part of the United States? <laughs> Great question. Thank you, Siri. Thank you, Siri. For the all Bahamas. The Bahamas is an independent country. Okay. So I would probably go to the Bahamas. You know, uh, it's a place where you can share at the beach, you know, share with the water about, and beautiful weather. What about Jamaica? Sandals, Jamaica. Jamaica would be sick. Like Michael and uh, <laughs> Michael and uh, what's her name? Jan. Michael and Jan. You could share the gospel to them. Uh, yeah, they probably need it, don't they? If, if, if people are like Michael and Jan that are there, then yes, they do. <laughs> Michael needed Jesus big time. He usually made fun of Jesus, which I didn't really like at all. Yeah, so. he dressed up as Jesus, actually. He did. That was really offensive. It really there are was. a lot of things in the office that are very offensive, dude. Are we supposed to like that show? Because we do. That's or a valid I question. I like that show. That's a valid question. What What did uh, my cousin Lane say the other the other week? We were on the phone with him or something, and you were talking about like spending your time better or something on the phone and on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and you talked about instead spending that time watching The Office. And Lane was like, "Like, <laughs> is there like a really better use of your time to watch The Office?" Or like, I don't, I don't know. He said something like that, but that's that's usually our go to. So. I'm still going to watch The Office. Maybe it doesn't need to be. <laughs> Maybe we should read instead of watching The Office, you know? Well, you like reading. <sighs> That's a hot take. I don't, I don't... You like reading. I, I read because like I know it's good for me. I don't really like it. Mm -hmm. No, you like reading. You find comfort in reading. 
maybe not the actual reading part of it, but you find comfort in what you get from it, which is what we were talking about earlier, comfort. There's always comfort at the end of it. It's valid. So That's valid. Okay, that is a really good point now that you bring that up. Do you think in the moments where you've decided to be uncomfortable and take that leap of faith, has there been comfort on the other side of that that would have been that is more comfortable than it would have been if you would have said no completely to that action? Does that make sense? You're talking about like sharing the gospel? Yeah, or... like, you know, is the comfort you feel after you share the gospel with somebody and you're obedient more than if you would have said no? Well, that's tough because I didn't say no, so I don't really know. But I, I assume so. I assume... I, I think I find comfort in all of that, like a big time, like more than I usually feel. So I, I would say so, but there's no way to really know because I didn't say no. Like in moments that you've said no, we've all said no to those things, right? <laughs> like whenever... Yes, yeah, I know you what you're what saying. You get what I'm saying now? Yes. Okay. There have been plenty of times where I've been disobedient and I did not find comfort in that. Mm, yes, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> the point I was trying to make. That's good. You kind of stole it. That's okay. Like, yeah, like whenever I feel like led to get out of my comfort zone and be uncomfortable and I say no, like you said, there's a level of unrest that comes with that. It's like I like when I'm being disobedient about like God's calling in my life or like staying in a relationship I know I don't need to be in, right? It's comfortable to to abide in my own will in that thing, right? But actually in reality, it brought more unrest into my life, more lack of peace, right? So just because you decide to be comfortable in one moment, doesn't mean that it's going to lead to more comfort down the road. It's actually, if you're not abiding in God's will, it's going to lead to a lot of unrest. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and I think one thing that we need to mention too is kind of like the growth that comes from stepping out of your comfort zone. Um, because I, I'm a big believer that I'm a big believer in the fact that you're not going to grow if you're comfortable the whole time. And well, okay, well, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. You know, like being in the like going back to the gym, the gym thing. Like, yeah, you're uncomfortable when you're under the physical weight of like a bench press, right? Like when you're pushing the bar up, like that's not comfortable because you're not. That's not something you normally do, right? But you grow from moments like that, and I think that's something that kind of spreads into things like sharing the gospel too. So I think that a lot of growth can come from you stepping out of your comfort zone. Like I think I'm getting better at talking to people because I'm going out and, okay, I think I'm getting better at talking to people and I think I'm getting better at communicating the gospel to new people. Hmm. Yeah. And like like you said, you never would have experienced that if you didn't get out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, okay, at the gym, I'm not an expert on this. This is why I'm asking. I don't know if this applies or at all. But if you get to a point where you can do a certain weight and you keep doing that weight over and over and over and over again, do you grow at all, like physically? Uh, no. I mean, really? If you do, it'll be very minimal. Mm. So, no. Um, you need to continue. You need to continue building off of what you already built to wow you can't just you can't sit stagnant in anything wow wow that that's crazy that, that correlates because like that is a huge part of my testimony the last four months because i felt like i got to a point where i was like yes like i'm good like i've grown so much during this time 
And when you've grown so much, when you feel like you're doing good, that's where the devil starts to chime in, right? Whenever there's growth involved, there's another evil on the other side of that with Satan trying to attack you more. And you can't ever, you can't ever be satisfied with the growth that you've had. Does that, does that make sense? Does that resonate at all? You have to continue to grow. You have to continue to push, continue to fight for the Lord to continue to work in your life and continue to allow him in because those who say they have no sin are calling God a liar. It talks about that in 1 John. So you can't ever be satisfied with where you are. There's always something that you could be doing better. Absolutely. I heard a, I heard a quote one time. It was like, it, again, it was talking about like not being lukewarm. But if you're in a relationship, relationship with somebody, you're either, either moving closer to a breakup or you're moving closer to a marriage. There's no in-between. There's always has to be growth if you're going to ultimately end up with that person. And it's the same thing with your faith. If you ever get stagnant, you're not just staying at the same spot with the Lord. You're actually growing, or you're not growing, you're, you're falling away from the Lord more. There's not an in-between. You always have to continue to be growing, and that's how you ultimately become more of a warrior for Christ. Okay, so when it comes, to, when you talk about, um, like, the relationship um, thing that you just brought up. Yeah. You're either moving closer to a breakup or moving closer to God. How do you deal with, the fact that maybe you want something over God, but you're having to choose. You're basically, because we have free will, we have the choice to be obedient or disobedient. So how do you go against your own desires when it comes to things like that? So how do you, are you saying like, how do you grow from saying no to those things? Or how do you grow from like giving into those things? How do you finally realize like how do you realize that you are not growing where you're at mm. wow wow hmm. I, re I really do think this this has just been a testimony in my life but whenever i am being stagnant with god and i'm falling away from him there is just a burden on my heart it's it's like we talked about a couple weeks ago with um, just being roommates. If there's ever something that's in the air that we're not bringing up, it always causes us to fall apart. And until that is restored, until we talk about it, it's going to continue to press. And true Christians cannot continue in the practice of sinning. I said that last week. So our, my fellowship with God when I'm being disobedient, when I'm going along with my own desires, is different. And it's not as constant. Right, Going into last week with Thanksgiving, I was not prepared for that because my prayer life was really bad leading up to that Wednesday. I think that's another reason that I was uncomfortable and that I felt so out of place is because my fellowship with God wasn't where it needed to be because I was not active in prayer, right? So it's those things, those things that, um, that you go through in the day-to-day. -day. Are you genuinely giving everything to the Lord? Because if you're not, you're not growing, and you're not going to experience that fellowship with God that you could have on the other side. That makes sense. What would be your answer to that? I look, you forgot my question. You said, um, yeah, that's, oh gosh, it's, it's one in the morning again, dude. <laughs> it's always at one in the morning. You're talking about how do you notice and how do you realize that, um, that you're being disobedient? How do you realize that you're not growing and how do you get out of it? Oh, oh, my answer was a lot more simpler and kind okay. of funny. Okay. I mean, I think you just know, like, <laughs> I think, you know, deep down what, if you're doing something wrong, like, I, I just, I think you do. So I think wow. that you're 
I think if you're doing something disobedient, like I don't think it's something you have to figure out. I think you just know, to be honest. That's why I asked you. I just wanted to see your thought on that. Mm. Wow. And that that's why you're being, that's why what you're doing is being quote unquote disobedient is because you know what the right thing to do is and you're not doing it. So, mm. yeah, that's my answer. I agree. I think you put that really perfectly. There's just a, for, for true Christians, there is a level of, knowledge that you have about your actions and and you will know you will know and that's a it's such a hard thing to actually admit that you know we'd like to say that we didn't know something's a sin we didn't know something was wrong because it takes the pressure off of us but in reality if we're the ones committing the actions deep down we know if it's wrong or not and again god will judge us of that you know yeah but a good thing the great thing is that there is grace Right, even if we go into a situation not knowing if it's right or not necessarily, but then once we commit it, we're like, oh, wow, I shouldn't have done this, right? God gives grace for that, and his grace is meant for us to continue to continue to grow um, and hate sin more and more every day, so. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, it is. Growth happens when you're uncomfortable. I, I think growth only happens when you're uncomfortable, when you're pushing yourself. It's, it's the same thing in everything in life. But just because you're uncomfortable doesn't mean you're not going to find comfort. Right. And that's the I think that's the takeaway. It's like you have to you have to be uncomfortable to find comfort. Mm. To find true comfort. True comfort. True that's, peace yes. and true joy. There's a lot of temporary comfort you can find. Mm. But Yep. Which is ultimately just satisfying your flesh. Yep. Right. It's never gonna satisfy. It's the same thing a non Christian goes through every day. They satisfy their flesh and they're you know, they're hit with the woes after that. Right. It's the same thing for Christians when you give in to sin. But the only difference is we have a remedy for that. And that we can experience true joy. Yeah. Well, do you feel do you feel like we have completed this topic? I think every situation is different. Um, so there's going to be something that someone is called to that on the surface level is a lot more uncomfortable than something I've ever had to go through. And sometimes people have a hard time feeling like they can relate to others when something they go through is a lot worse than somebody else. And and I think that's true. That is hard and it's different. But also in every situation, at the root and at the core, God calls all of us to be uncomfortable. It doesn't matter if that's a 10-year-old saying the word Jesus in class or if that's a 60-year-old realizing that they're called to missions and that he needs to move his family out to a random country. Right? Yes, one is a lot harder than another one. One requires, in my opinion, a lot more faith than the other one. However, both of them lead to growth. Both of them lead to growth and a better fellowship with God. So don't compare yourself and say, oh, God's definitely not calling me to this because it's not what someone else has been called to. It's not as good, right? Comparison can really destroy growth. It really can. Even though you think comparison is going to lead to growth because if you're comparing yourself to someone else and working your way there and, and you start to see yourself more as that person or that thing, then yes, you're going to say that's good. But in reality, we should com- we should be comparing ourselves to the Lord, and that should be our only only example. And yeah, if we compare ourselves to anything else, we're comparing ourselves to something that is sinful and imperfect. And I don't want to strive for something like that. Hmm. Love it. So anything else for you? I'm good, bro. You're good? I am good. You're chilling? You got the blanket on? You're a little I'm comfy? I'm chilling. I am very comfortable. I'm liking the couches, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. You miss the boys back home? I really miss the boys back home. Yeah, me too. But it's okay. We got three more weeks, and we'll be back home again for a longer period of time. <laughs> I'm actually going skiing, like, the second I get back home. Like, 
we're driving home and then I'm flying to Colorado. So it'll be a minute before I see the boys. It's okay. It's all good, man. Also, we can bring this up. We're going to Passion at the beginning of January. Oh, yeah. Are you are. excited for that? Like, what are your thoughts I on I am it? so pumped for Passion. I, I, I wish I knew the lineup. I'm sure there's a lineup, like, list somewhere online where you can see who's all, like, who's all going to be there. Like, but I am so excited. I remember I got saved last December, for those of you that don't know. And I remember, like, seeing January seeing all the TikToks and all the Instagram reels show up of passion. I was like, that looks sick. I'm going to go to that one day. And now, now we're going. Mm -hmm. So I'm super excited because it's like literally something I thought of like nine or 10 months ago Mm -hmm. and now it's just happening. So that's awesome, man. It is awesome. Like seeing pictures of last year, like the entire Mercedes Benz stadium filled up with college students. It's just, oh my goodness. I cannot wait to see that. And I can't wait to experience, you know, like, you know, what the emotional roller coaster is going to be like and the different sermons and things like that and things we can take away. But I personally don't think there's a better way you can start your year than, you know, having a moment where you can look back on and say that was a spiritual marker for me. And some of those moments can only ha- can or really you have an opportunity for those to happen in those big moments like a camp or an event or a concert like this or conference, things like that. Okay, random question. When we talk about uh, spiritual highs, what are practical ways that you can elongate spiritual highs Hmm. as people like to call them yeah well first off i wouldn't look at spiritual highs in a negative way a lot of people do Mm -hmm. i heard a example one time of let's say waves are washing up on the beach and there's a i think there's a rock or pebble that always is there and every wave that comes higher that rock is going to come closer to the shore but it's not going to make it all the way there immediately. So those camp experiences, those concerts, those conferences, they may not take you all the way to purity like you want them to. You leave with these great expectations, and then the week after you're doing something you never thought you'd be able to do, right? But those moments are bringing you closer to God, even if you end up falling back in the ocean, right? So don't view those as negative things like, oh, man, I was on this spiritual high. No, say, I was on this high, and God did this in my life, and this was so cool. Right. And yeah, if you have that passion about it and you look back on those moments with happiness rather than regret, then you're going to be able to move forward knowing, wow, I don't have to be on a spiritual high to have fellowship with God. You know, I can have that every single day. And through that, you do have a high, you know? Yeah. So I really do hope um, we feel some sort of awakening in our souls from Mm -hmm. Catalyst, but that doesn't mean we can't feel it now, Mm -hmm. you know? But. I'm very excited. Oh, wait. I just called it Catalyst. You did. I didn't want to call you out on it, but you did. Oh, you should call me out on it. <laughs> Sorry. A shout out to Bellevue Baptist Church for Catalyst because that was a big moment for me, apparently. It was. So. It was a big moment for you. Yeah. You were a model, weren't you? I was a model for Catalyst. I mm-hmm. guess since we're putting pictures up, I'll put a picture up of that, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. But... um yeah, so sorry, I was talking about passion. I'm very excited for passion. Mm-hmm. I will not be going back to Catalyst, unfortunately. Me too, man. Um, I'm, I'm really excited. We, we definitely got to make that part of our prayer lives leading up to it, is praying every day mm. for that moment, for something that God could speak to us through. You know, I'm not going to remember to pray for that every day. If you write it down, you will. If you have an alarm, you will. If you tell me, I will. Set an alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Set an alarm right now while I close this out. How about that? That's a great idea. (laughs) There we go. While Chris is setting his alarm for prayer accountability, 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the King of Hearts podcast. Again, as we say every week, we are two college students just trying to figure it out. So if there's anything that you want us to talk about, anything that you want to hear differently, maybe something we said that was wrong, please let us know about that. That is the goal, to learn and grow. And, you know, sometimes hearing those comments that are constructive criticism make us uncomfortable. But again, if you are uncomfortable, you are going to grow. So please, if you feel a certain way about what we're doing and you may think that we won't like it, please tell us we're ready to grow and ready to learn. Um, and also, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you do not know him as your personal Lord and Savior, we would absolutely love to talk to you about that. Um, so don't hesitate about those things. That is our goal, and that's our passion. That's the reason we're here is because of what Jesus did on that cross. Yeah, so we'd we, love to talk to you about it. When we it. say we would love to talk to you about it, like, we honestly, like, we really mean that. Yeah. Like, we, we love getting we love getting feedback saying that people got something from what from our podcast, but... Nothing would make us happier than someone to ask us about Jesus. Right. So right. We we literally would love for you to send us a message. So don't be don't be afraid. Even if you're a skeptic, man. Come on. Let's let's have a conversation. I'm ready for it. So I just I love those things. Also, there's a quote I heard today. This we, we should start doing quotes of the week. But I was listening to a Tim Keller sermon. I love Tim and Keller. And he said, Skeptics make the best Christians. And I had never heard that before. Usually I'm just, I guess, skeptical when sharing with skeptics because I think that they won't listen to me, right? That, you know, they won't have the faith, their heart's not open. So what's the point to just fill them with more knowledge, right? But in reality, like if those people come to Christ, they can make such a huge impact, like like Lee Strobel did. Um, and the, there was a movie about him called Case for Christ, and he was a big skeptic. And he did all the research he needed to do to figure out that Jesus was who he says he was. And once he converted, he became one of the best apologists in the country. So like just an example of like a skeptic who's become just a massive warrior for Christ. Yeah, and skeptics will make a big impact on other skeptics. So I, I think it's definitely a great thing to search for evidence. And, you know, some people can't just rely on faith alone um, because they don't understand what that means because they don't really believe it. So I, I know if they search hard enough, they're going to find evidence. And I think that's what um, people that were skeptical of Christianity and became Christians, I think that's um, that's what their testimony is like really, really good for is for those other people that are going through the same thing. 100%. So 100%. Just got to pray for those hearts to be open, you know, yeah. because it is by faith alone that you're saved. Yeah, absolutely. Then, yeah. Absolutely. By, your, by faith alone, you're saved. But I think for... For some people to come to faith, I think it requires more evidence for some people than others. So right. that's what I mean by that. Yep. Some people are more skeptical. Yeah. We got to have a quote of the week, though. It's got to be a thing. You got to come up with yours next week. So I'm putting you on the spot. All right. Okay. Come ready. Okay. I will be so ready. I'm counting on it. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the King of Hearts podcast. Um, and we will see you back next week with episode number eight. Peace out. <laughs>